Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown post-show. <laughs> I, 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 I have set this computer up, man, all day yesterday. I set this computer up all day yesterday, and the two main scenes on OBS, I forgot to add a fucking microphone to it, man. This is your SmackDown post show for 12-16-2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. Up front and center. Up front and center tonight was one of the best SmackDowns, I think, of the entire year. I thought what Triple H did tonight was tremendous. I thought tonight was a very focused show. It was great. We got a lot of shit to unravel tonight, man. We got John Cena back. We got Ricochet and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. We got Sami Zayn. And Roman Reigns teaming up in what is going to be the inevitable downfall of Sami Zayn in the bloodline, man. The storyline is unraveling. And I can't wait to see what's going on. Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy finally revealed himself in the flesh. And I don't know what everybody else thought about it. I actually enjoyed it. I wasn't too upset about what we saw. It did lend itself to me, and I guess we'll start off with that at the top. Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt. We had somebody on the WWE creative team as of this week, yesterday in fact, tweet out something along the lines of SmackDown on Friday night is a show that you do not want to miss. And everybody was kind of insinuating on what that could be. Obviously, the Bloodline storyline is the biggest storyline in WWE right now. But a lot of people were attributing that tweet to Bray Wyatt and what he has going on right now with LA Knight. Bray Wyatt and LA Knight got into a little back and forth on SmackDown tonight. And Bray Wyatt was actually telling the truth about how he has not been the one attacking LA Knight L.A. Knight went out to the ring tonight and called out Bray Wyatt for attacking him and kidnapping him. We saw a viral video that was uploaded to WWE's social media. And it was another QR code that saw Bray Wyatt, or what we thought was Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy, now we know, tying up L.A. Knight, duct taping his mouth shut, and pretty much holding him hostage in the locker room. Tying him up to a chair like he was in a fucking Saw movie. 
So Bray Wyatt is out there. L.A. Knight called him out. They start brawling. L.A. Knight's putting the boots to him. Knight attacked Wyatt, but then all of a sudden, Uncle Howdy appeared on the big screen. We saw a bunch of collage videos and weird sounds on the Titantron. Uncle Howdy then walked out to the entranceway and left as L.A. Knight left the scene. So it is now clear that Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy are two different people, and the mystery is now... Who is under the Uncle Howdy mask? How many more masks are we going to see with Bray Wyatt and this storyline unraveling for Bray Wyatt? I thought what they did tonight was great. Up until we got LA Knight coming out, we got the viral video that they shown on TV, him being kidnapped. I thought all that was great. LA Knight in the ring cutting a very emphatic promo. I thought that was great. L.A. Knight is tremendous. He's out there cutting this promo. Bray Wyatt comes out. He's doing the whole, it's not me, man. You know, the whole the whole spiel for Bray Wyatt. You know, it's going to end the way that I had talked about with you. We both know how this is going to end. He gets into the ring. L.A. Knight puts the boots to him. All of a sudden, the lights go out. The entranceway lights up, similar to what Bray Wyatt has when he comes out. We hear this creepy laughter over the PA system, and it continues on in a loop. And Uncle Howdy is out there, dressed in the full getup, laughing. I thought all of this was great up until the Uncle Howdy reveal. Now, I know a lot of people are in the boats of, we need to advance this storyline. And you can't really blame people and this is what I get, man. You know, there's a lot of gatekeeping in the fucking community. There really is a lot of gatekeeping in the community. It, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too sometimes. I was guilty of it early on in AEW. I'm not afraid to admit that, right? But there's a lot of gatekeeping in the IWC. It's pretty sad to see, right? Get people out there fucking blasting this. And, and then you got the side of people who are like, oh, well, if you don't like it, then get the fuck out of here and... uh yeah, you should watch pro wrestling and fuck you and all this other shit, right? You can't physically sit there and get upset at somebody that is slightly disappointed in what's going on with Bray Wyatt. We've been through this shit now since October. Since Extreme Rules. Now I get it early on. We, we, we aren't going to get Bray Wyatt in the ring wrestling. It was more of a storyline-driven return, you know, un, unraveling the lore of Bray Wyatt. But you can't physically get upset at anybody who wants some sort of advancement here. How many of you are in the boat of, let's speed this shit along. Get me somewhere where I'm content for a week until we get into the next phase of this storyline. How many of you people want to actually see some fucking wrestling here? Because I know I'm at that point. How many of you people think it's getting stale? That it's dragging on? How many of you people were upset that Uncle Howdy didn't reveal who he was tonight? I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of disappointed. But I'm not a fucking fool. I do this thing better than anybody, man. I bring the ins, I bring the outs. I bring the pros, I bring the cons. There's a reason why they didn't do the reveal for Uncle Howdy tonight. And the reason why they didn't do the reveal for Uncle Howdy tonight 
is because the answer that you were all looking for was answered and given to you. Everybody thought Uncle Howdy was Bray Wyatt. Uncle Howdy, I thought Uncle Howdy was one of the alter egos of Bray Wyatt. We got what we asked for. We got answers. We didn't get the answer that we want. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was, oh my God, I'm so excited. It was kind of lame. So you can't really zing people for wanting more. But at the end of the day, they gave you another huge piece to the puzzle. Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt. There you go. Now the speculation begins on who actually is Uncle Howdy. A lot of signs are pointing to Bo Dallas. Can't really see it being anybody else but Bo Dallas, Bray's real-life brother. And if that's the case, good for him. He should have been working with his brother years ago. He's now back in WWE, potentially, in something that is going to suit him very well. No more B-team, no more fucking uh, Bo Leave and all this other shit. Now we get a real-life fucking vision for Bo Dallas working alongside his brother. They're trailing you along with breadcrumb after breadcrumb after breadcrumb every single week, and the majority of the people are okay with that. But you can't sit there and tell me that people can't be upset or disappointed at the lack of give me something. People want something. We didn't get what we wanted tonight in the reveal for Uncle Howdy, but that doesn't mean they didn't advance the storyline because we got a big piece of the puzzle unraveled tonight. Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt when we all thought and assumed Uncle Howdy was indeed Bray Wyatt with another fucking mask. Sounds like Bray, looks like Bray, smells like Bray, but it's not. And the look of Bray Wyatt while sitting in the ring while L.A. Knight was just fucking perturbed out of his mind, confused as fuck in the ring. Bray Wyatt was looking around and he was genuinely giving you a look of concern. I don't know what that meant or if that had anything to do with what was going on there, but we got what we wanted. We'll talk about everything that happened in what's was said and what was in the video a little bit more detailed in the show. The other big thing that happened tonight was Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, and the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Solo Sokoa, the bloodline on SmackDown tonight. And there was a weird vibe in the beginning of SmackDown. Weird vibe. Sami Zayn was told last week by Jay Uso to go cut his hair. Sami Zayn was told by Jay Uso to go trim the beard, look good, go buy some new clothes. Tribal Chief is coming back next week. It's going to be a big deal. You're going to be honored as Sami Uso. No more honorary Uso for Sami Zayn. So he got himself made up. Sami Zayn looks great. He cleans up rather nicely. Great, in fact. The thing is, Jimmy Uso was a little concerned. Jimmy Uso was a little concerned and thought that Jay Uso was hyping Sami Zayn up so much that it was actually going to end up being a disappointing one for Sami Zayn. Jimmy Uso legitimately thought that Roman Reigns was going to uncover something in regards to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was not going to be an honorary Uso anymore. 
The fact that Solo Sokoa wasn't with them in the locker room and that he was with Roman Reigns even add more. It added more to the intrigue of what was going on. Solo's been by Sami Zayn's side almost the entire way. Some people say Solo Sokoa's acting a little uncharacteristic in recent weeks, not showing any real emotion, not hugging his brothers or getting involved when Sami Zayn and the Usos want to be Usi. Solo Sokoa's not acting very Usi the last couple of weeks. So everybody assumed that Solo Sokoa knew something that the others did not, was not telling the others, and went to go tell Roman. Roman arrived in the building tonight, and everybody was on eggshells. What is Roman going to do? Is Sami Zayn in trouble? Jimmy Uso even went to the Bloodline locker room and said, Hey, Us, I love Sami Zayn. Sami's one of my one of my dogs. He is my dog, Sammy Uso. I'm all right if you're going to go out there and make him Sammy Uso tonight. He's earned it. But I love our family. I'm a friend of Sammy, but I love our family. I love the bloodline. I love us, he says. See, that part really got me right there. And Roman didn't really show any emotion. Roman has showed emotion to Sammy Zayn in the last several weeks. Tonight was just no emotion from Roman Reigns, which kind of gave you this sense of dread for Sami Zayn. And then we got to the closing segment of the show where Roman stood there and said to Sami, it's going to be me and Sami versus Kevin Owens because he's been a thorn in our side against Kevin Owens and a mystery partner. Now, nobody knew who the mystery partner was going to be. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, somebody on Monday Night Raw that's befriended, Kevin Owens. Who knows? Returning Randy Orton, who knows? Nobody knows. Sami Zayn got on the microphone and said, yes, Kevin Owens has held me down. He has no friends. In fact, I am his, I am his only friend, he says to Roman Reigns. And they says, let, let, me, let me correct myself. I, I misspoke, and that was all done on purpose. I was his only friend. So you, you kind of see the things really unraveling there for Sammy. Sammy showed some genuine emotion when Roman supposedly had a problem with him, kind of put him under the, the microscope tonight, thought it was going to be a big night. It's not going to be a big night for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn thought he was in trouble. Before we got any of this advanced, John Cena showed up on the big screen and basically said that he received a text from Kevin Owens and asked, hey, you haven't wrestled in all of 2022 and you haven't missed a match in the last 20 years. We're about two weeks till the end of the year. I think it's about time you get that one match this year for December 30th in Tampa, Florida on SmackDown Live and be my tag team partner. WWE has got John Cena for one night to close out the year on SmackDown to team with Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. I cannot begin to tell you how tremendous that is. John Cena and Roman Reigns, two of the biggest stars in the business. Cena is still ingrained in the business. He hasn't completely gone away. He is there at least once or twice a year. Two of the biggest stars in the business in the same match. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on opposite ends. 
the whole mentality of what Sami Zayn going to do to piss off. Now he's really got his back against the wall. What is Sami Zayn going to do to anger the tribal chief to further this storyline going into the new year? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a very, very interesting situation. On one hand, you don't think Roman Reigns can lose, right? But it's a tag team match. Roman Reigns is not going to have his shoulders pinned. What if Sami Zayn does something to fuck up and Sami Zayn's shoulders are pinned to the mat? What if he does something or doesn't do something that Roman Reigns requests in regards to Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns has to do it himself and Sami Zayn pretty much ousts himself as not really being for the bloodline and cannot get over the loss of friendship with Kevin Owens. It's going to be a major, major, major deal. Huge storyline coming. And adding Cena to that is only going to make the match that much better. It will be one of the biggest tag team match. I'm not going to say the biggest. It may be the biggest tag team match that WWE does all year, but it will certainly be one of the biggest tag team matches in all of pro wrestling all year. Awesome. And then Gunther and Ricochet, man, holy shit. You know, I keep going back to a takeover-like classic, and that's exactly what it is because you ain't going to sit here and, you know, tell me that takeover wasn't the best fucking show that WWE put on five times a year. You didn't see that type of wrestling on the main roster when Vince McMahon was around. The only time we got that level of match was at a takeover. Fact. Ricochet and Gunther continue to impress. Ricochet and Gunther continue to be the two best things on SmackDown. And the Intercontinental title is absolutely, absolutely becoming the title that it once was. Unbelievable. I can't wait to see where they go with Gunther and the Intercontinental title because the fucking run that he is racking up when he loses, it is going to be a major, major deal. Going to be awesome. Guys, we are going to get into the rest of the show tonight. Hopefully, I look good. I sound good. I got my PC back. It took me hours to set up and get all my streaming assets back in, which apparently I missed two of them. One on the intro and then one in the second intro. Hopefully, everything sounds good. Everything looks good. I'm sure you guys would have already complained by now. So thank you guys for your patience. Thank you to my boys over at Paradox custom PCs in Long Island. Awesome. Got everything back, man. The venue is rocking and rolling, as always. Super Chats are open, man. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. I got my cold beverage ready to go. Memberships, man. I'd love to cap off the year, man, with some new VIPs. Let's hit that beautiful number of 600 before the end of the year, man. Hit that join button, become a VIP. You guys get badges, emotes. And off the script Sundays is VIP only, man, members only. So make sure you guys go hit that join button, become a channel member right here on OTS. Hit that thumbs up. I see 500 likes. Only make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I'm going to need 1,000 likes minimum. 
on the podcast tonight. Daniel C. says quality is set at 720p. That's another thing I forgot to change on OBS, man. I'll have that fixed for Sunday. Get those likes in, man. A thousand likes minimum on the podcast. Go check out all of the extra content on the channel, man. There are a ton of YouTube shorts up there. Thanks to my boy Tyler for putting in the hard work there. Mandy Rose. Extra on Mandy Rose. Go check that out. Make sure you guys go check the extra out on Vince McMahon potentially coming back to the company. Two tremendous videos. Go check that stuff out on the homepage right now if you missed any of the content. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Subscribe button's down below. Hit it. We'd greatly appreciate it. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. That is BlueChew.com. Code JD. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Script. I don't think Vince is coming back, guys, so you don't have to worry about that. But there's always a sense of dread when his name is talked about or mentioned. I don't think he's coming back, so I don't think we really have anything to worry about there. So we may be safe for now. But I go off and rant anyway because who the fuck wants him back? The only ones that want him back are Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard. That's it. I don't even think Bruce could be that fucking dumb. Maybe he could. I don't know. Nobody wants Vince McMahon back. This show is so different compared to Monday Night Raw, man. So different. There's a sense of fun. There's a sense of urgency on SmackDown. On Monday Night Raw, it's just... You immediately feel a sense of no excitement, man. When when the theme music hits and the visuals hit and the show starts with Kevin Patrick, there's just nothing that grabs you and sucks you in. There's a problem. I genuinely hope that they change going into the new year and in, inject some life into Monday Night Raw. Really. I don't get it. Completely different show. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. SmackDown opened up with damage control. It's EO Sky and Dakota Kai with Bailey 
against Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan. This is the newest dollar store tag team on WWE television. So, I said last week, I don't know what Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox did to even get a tag team championship match, but here we are. Not going to really even complain about it. We all know that it doesn't make any sense. WWE basically is throwing teams together to see if they stick, but this team has not done anything to get a tag team title opportunity. Now, the thing is, the one positive in Liv Morgan teaming with Tegan Knox is that Liv Morgan is over with the audience, and hopefully some of that kind of bleeds onto Tegan Knox. Match itself is fine. There wasn't anything terribly wrong with this match. Crowd was lively. It was in Chicago. You would expect so in Chicago. This match was fine. There was absolutely nothing wrong with this match. Nothing. It's just women's tag team wrestling, which I think at this point we're kind of numb to because none of it is terribly important. And damage control is damaged goods. Damage control is boring. Damage control really hasn't done it for the viewing audience. Don't know what needs to be done. I've expended all of my options as far as damage control is concerned. I would honestly think that EO and Bailey would be better off on their own. That's just the way I see it. So this was a very good match. 10 minutes, 11 minutes or so they went. Both teams really worked hard here. So Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. If you guys know anything about NXT, NXT TakeOver War Games, a couple years back, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. They had an entire rivalry going on. Tegan Knox was turned on by Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai turned heel. That was pretty much the start of her heel turn in NXT. They rekindled their rivalry, which I don't think anybody really knows about watching the show. EO Scott tagged in, briefly went crazy until the baby faces here took Sky and isolated her in. They're part of the ring. Dakota Kai tried to bait Morgan to use a kendo stick, but Tegan Knox put a stop to that. The baby faces were working pretty decently together here. Morgan missed the sliding drop kick, but it was to cause a distraction. Tegan Knox then dove onto the heels off the top rope with a flying crossbody, which looked very good, and they went to a commercial break. We're back from commercial break. Damage control was in control. They kept Knox on their portion or in their portion of the ring. They cut her off from Liv Morgan. Knox broke free, eventually tagged in Liv. She had a a big running knee in the corner, missile drop kick. EO distracted Morgan, allowing Kai, uh, who rocked her with a boot to the face. So the baby faces are now in control again. Liv and Tegan are in control again. Morgan jumped off of Tegan's back, hit a code breaker, Tegan followed with the shiniest wizard, which is her shining wizard finish. Kai broke that up. Morgan gave Kai a sunset powerbomb to the outside on the floor. EO took out Morgan with a running dropkick coming out of nowhere. EO and Dakota Kai then went back and forth, and they ended up... Oh, not uh, not EO and Dakota. Um, It was, uh, I believe, EO and Liv. So they ended up brawling on our ringside when someone all of a sudden came out of nowhere and attacked Tegan Knox in a hoodie. There was a woman dressed in a hoodie who took Tegan Knox out of the the match completely. 
So Bailey was on the outside. She was getting involved. I think she threw Tegan Knox into the ring post and she threw her into the barricade. All of a sudden, this masked woman with a big hood and we couldn't see her face. She attacks Tegan Knox. This allowed Sky back in the ring to hit the moonsault. One, two, three. And Tegan Knox was pinned by EO and Damage Control retains the tag team championships. Who's the mystery woman? Everybody was like, Who the mystery? who's the mystery woman? Is it Deanna Perrazzo? Is it Chelsea Green? Is it Sonia Deville? Is it Naomi? People were claiming that it was Naomi. It actually ended up being lame, and it was Zia Lee. Did we get a reason for it being Zia Lee? No. We did not. WWE gave us a dot-com exclusive on Zia Lee being unmasked by Adam Pearce in the back, and that was basically what we got. I mean, if we're going to add Zia Lee to the ranks of damage control, I don't think that's really doing anything for damage control. In fact, it's making them worse. Honestly. What is Zia Lee going to benefit by being added to damage control when damage control is not really where they need to be? You would think that they think damage control is at a point where, you know, they are so good on television that no matter who you add to the group, they're going to help aid and get that person over. Zia Lee is walking into a fucking barren wasteland at this point. Damage control is not where it needs to be. It is ice cold. Nobody cares about damage control. There's large indifference to damage control. Zia Lee has not been featured in any meaningful way on SmackDown since she's been called up two years ago. So how is this actually going to benefit Zia Lee is my question. Dead on arrival. And everybody's thinking, you know, Chelsea Green would have been a great option, to be honest with you. Chelsea Green would have been a great option because at least Chelsea Green would have injected some life into that. And she's got the personality to kind of bounce off Bailey, I think, better than a Dakota and better than an EO. But if we're going to add Zia Lee to the mix. You're basically just getting another charisma vacuum that doesn't gel with the rest of the group. And there's no explanation as to why it was Zia Lee. I, maybe I missed it. Was there an explanation as to why it was Zia Lee? I don't think so. She came. She was unmasked. And then they took her away. Lame. Lame, lame, lame. They went to... The next segment, which was Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn and the Usos. They were in the back. They were in their dressing room. And Sami did his hair, put his hair in a man bun. And he shaved his beard. He looked great. He has a nice jacket, nice blazer over his T-shirt. He's wearing his honorary Us T-shirt. He asked the Usos where Solo Sokoa was. Jimmy says he was with Roman. He was with the tribal chief. Sami says he needed to go decompress. Jay says then to Jimmy, and again, they have a camera filming all of this. Jay then said on national TV that Roman is planning to take Sammy and make him a full-blown ooze tonight. 
Jimmy says he doesn't think that Roman is going to make it tonight, and they may be setting Sammy up for a big disappointment. Jay said tonight will be a big night. So I don't really feel at this point that this was going to be good for Sami Zayn. They didn't really give off a vibe of oh, excitement, you know. They weren't really giving me an oozy vibe. Roman Reigns was there, and it was a vibe of all business. Make sure you look good. Roman is back for the first time since War Games. That's all I got. And I didn't really get the, the whole vibe of Sammy's going to be in the good eyes of Roman Reigns. I just felt like there was some doom and gloom coming Sammy Zayn's way. And you may start to feel that as the viewer as the show goes on because now with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens kind of really, you know, getting ready to feud with the bloodline, or Kevin Owens, I should say, Sami Zayn is going to come further down the line. I don't know what it's going to take for Sami to get involved and get him out of the bloodline, but with Kevin Owens now kind of creeping into the bloodline storyline more and more every week, it's going to be a little bit more harder on Sami Zayn because now he's going to have to juggle... Well, I want to be with the bloodline, but I love my friend Kevin Owens, who, I, who I've known for 20 years. And Sami Zayn was the best man at Kevin Owens' wedding. Legitimate, real-life best friends. I want to be with Roman, and I want to be with my dogs, and I want to be Usi, but I also want to be with my best friend that I've known half of my life. He's going to make decisions. He's going to make a decision Actually, he may not even be able to make a decision. I honestly think the decision's going to be made for him. He's going to do something to upset Roman that isn't so blatant, but it's going to come out of nowhere, and Roman is going to say, you know what? Instead of dealing with this, you're not family. I'm just going to excommunicate you from the bloodline. You can go do what you got to do with Kevin Owens. The trust is now starting to really be a question for Roman Reigns. And that is going to be the storyline moving forward, in my honest opinion. And I think that's going to be where, and we saw tonight, Sami Zayn looked like he almost had tears in his eyes. It's going to get to a point where it is going to really be emotional, man. There will be grown men with tears in their eyes when Sami Zayn gets his fucking ass handed to him by Roman Reigns and the Usos. It's going to be great. It's going to be sad, and it's going to be really, really depressing but it's going to be great because when WWE, when any any show, when any show, never mind WWE, it's very rare that WWE gets you emotionally invested. The last time I was emotionally invested, the last time I physically shed a tear for WWE television was when Daniel Bryan won the world championship at WrestleMania 30. That was the last time I shed a tear. Minus a fucking death in the, in the pro wrestling world. Legitimately, as far as the storyline goes, the last time I shed a tear was the Yes Movement. That was WrestleMania 30. That was nine years ago. Going on this year's WrestleMania, nine WrestleManias ago. Now, WWE's looking at another storyline where there will be tears in people's eyes. When any show gets you that emotionally invested, it's a home run for me. It is legitimately a home run. I'm big on The Walking Dead. Huge on The Walking Dead. When Glenn and Abraham were fucking batted to death by Negan, I teared up. When Carl was bitten and he died in Rick's arms, I fucking cried. Right? 
every other major death on The Walking Dead that was a, a, a fucking prime character? I shed a tear. Ridiculous. It's so good. When you're emotionally invested in a storyline, it is so fucking good, man. It, it just takes it and puts it into that fucking greatness level. And we got a bomb in the chat. You know who I, the last episode, I don't know if you, I don't, I guess I could spoil it now. I mean, you should have watched, I mean, when Rosita, they did such a classy death for Rosita, man. When Rosita was laying in the bed and there was, you know, all the crew just sitting by her bedside, I fucking teared up. You thought Rosita was going to live through the whole fucking show, man. Rosita with a child in the last episode fucking got bit and she died. So, yes. But we got a fucking bomb. Jurgen Muyet with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Jurgen getting the crowd into it, man. He's getting the, the venue hyped. Starting the $100 bomb train tonight. We got, hey, JD, in your honest opinion, if New Japan asked Pack Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Hook, Brian Danielson to be a part of the best of the Super Junior Tournament, who do you think would win? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Um, who would I like to see win? I'm not putting Brian in the best of the Super Junior Tournament. I'm putting him in a match with Okada and doing it at a major show. I would go with Jungle Boy. Honestly, I would go with Jungle Boy or Pac out of the names you gave me. I think Jungle Boy is tremendous, and I think Pac is fucking flawless, honestly. One of the best on the planet is Pac. No doubt about it. Thank you, Jurgen, uh, for the $100 Super Chat, man. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So, yes, when you are emotionally invested in a storyline like we are now with Sami Zayn, and you start to leak fucking watery substance from your eyes, you got yourself a winner. You got yourself a winner. Ricochet, they had a nice little video package on Ricochet, and that's vignette here while he was speaking from the Las Vegas Strip. Don't know what he was doing out in Las Vegas, but I'm sure he was having a grand old time. Talking about his World Cup tournament win to earn his match tonight against Gunther for the Intercontinental title. He says he's going to flip the odds in his favor. He says he's a man of action. Ricochet is, I will say this, man. I don't know how many people agree with me. Ricochet has been one of the best presented superstars since Triple H has taken over. He's killed everything he's been in. And the fact that Ricochet is doing right now probably the best work of his WWE run, please, please get this man into much higher territory is what I say. Give him bigger priority on the show. He's earned it. He's deserved it. He's killed everything he's been in. Triple H loves him. Triple H, out of everybody, knows exactly what Ricochet had to deal with with the past administration. His presentation has been fucking great. You may not like the way he cuts a promo. You might not like the way he sounds and blah, blah, blah. Ricochet has killed everything he's been in. Everything. And that hard work deserves recognition, and hopefully he moves on and he moves into bigger and better things. 
We'll talk about that tremendous match in a little bit. We go to L.A. Knight. L.A. Knights is getting ready to come out. Michael Cole and Wade Barrett talking about the L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt situation. We've seen a recap of last week. Then Michael Cole says they just received a QR code that has disturbing footage of what happened after they went off the air last week. He says it aired and it showed Knight tied up with Uncle Howdy or who we presume to be Uncle Howdy because... It's the same voice, and a gloved man who sounded like Bray rubbing a mask with his fingers that L.A. Knight was wearing. So L.A. Knight had this this creepy man, that creepy fucking uh, black phone mask that Bray Wyatt is seen with. So he was wearing it, and this, this unidentifiable human being with the white glove was rubbing and caressing his face with the white glove. And he took the mask off, and L.A. Knight was struggling to say anything because his mouth was duct taped. He took the mask off, and L.A. Knight was staring into the camera, pretty much begging for help at this point. Very disturbing, serial killer, fucking, you know, Hannibal Lecter-type shit here from uh, Bray Wyatt and whomever Uncle Howdy is. So L.A. Knight's in the ring, and he told fans to shut up. Yeah! Because he had business to take care of. So for the past few weeks, he's been blindsided and cheap-shotted and abducted and taped up. But he's still knocking on Bray's front door. He said Bray is one of the biggest WWE stars of all time. And his return is one of the most talked about returns ever. He says he's done. All he's done since he's returned is whine and cry from his victim complex. And dress like a damn circus freak. And said a bunch of gobbledygook that never gets to the point. He says he's not buying Bray, blaming Uncle Howdy. He says he knows it's Bray. He can put on whatever costume he needs to and call himself anything he needs to. But walk to the ring and get stomped out live. Yeah! He yelled yeah about a few times. Little uh, little nature boy, Ric Flair, coming out in L.A. night tonight. Lights went out. Bray's music played, which, by the way, you can listen to Bray's new theme music. WWE's official music channel on YouTube has now uploaded the full HD version of Bray Wyatt's Shatter theme music. So if you guys missed that and want to go check it out, tell them that J.D. sent you. So Bray comes walking out, and... He continues to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He told Chicago he missed them. He told L.A. Knight he's sick of him. He says he's being honest when he says, you know, you're barking up the wrong tree there, buddy. You're barking up the wrong tree, man. He says he hasn't touched him at all. I told you, it's not me. He says they both know how this story ends, man. He said, since they both know how it ends, he'll give him one more chance to deliver his message and he better make it good and worth his while. As he entered the ring, LA Knight put the boots to him immediately, beat him down in the corner, booze in Chicago. Barrett is on the microphone, huge fan of LA Knight as Wade Barrett, said Knight is messing with forces he just doesn't understand. Uncle Howdy then appeared on the big screen and asked, little pig, 
What have you done? He asked if he wants to see something really scary. L.A. Knight stomped Ombre, who at this point was laughing. Eerie music played. More fog filled the arena. L.A. Knight looked on with confusion and concern, and he got a little nervous. He ran out of the ring. All of a sudden, Bray looked at the stage. He began laughing at Knight because Knight realized that he and Uncle Howdy are not the same thing. Bray Wyatt is not Uncle Howdy. Now, Howdy, he appeared stubby and short. I don't remember Bo Dallas being stubby and short. He, lo- he almost looked like uh, he almost looked like the fucking Lucky Charms leprechaun out there. Did Uncle Howdy? Not that small, but he he did not look like. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen Bo Dallas in uh, in many 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 months, so I don't know what Bo Dallas looks like. It may end up being Bo Dallas when it's time for reveal, but he looked like a comic book character. He looked like a cartoon character out there. That Uncle Howdy. Now. I don't know if that's going to play into Bo returning or not. Only time will tell on that. Because I think we all want to see that happen. Wyatt, he seemed happy at first, and then he seemed a little concerned. That's why I mentioned his look earlier in the podcast. He looked happy that L.A. Knight was proven wrong, and then all of a sudden he was proven to be concerned about Uncle Howdy because... Now you're fucking with things that you don't really understand, and even Bray doesn't want to meddle with Uncle Howdy. But we will see what happens. I know a lot of people are disappointed that we didn't get a reveal. It is okay to feel that way, because you have every right to feel that way. Don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't watch this show if you don't understand Bray Wyatt. Nobody watching the show understands what the fuck is going on with Bray Wyatt. Me, you... Sap, fucking everybody. Meltzer, no matter who you listen to after these shows are over or listen to the next day, nobody knows where the fuck this is going. Every single person that I've listened to said that Bray Wyatt is probably Uncle Howdy and that Uncle Howdy is the Y is one part of the Wyatt Six who the Wyatt Six are probably all six fucking versions of Bray Wyatt. I don't know. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you cannot be disappointed with something. It's like you're watching a TV show or a cinematic fucking, you know, Yellowstone or Breaking Bad. And, you know, you you think that that's the episode where things are going to take a turn and lead to the next fucking thing, right? But it's just a little bit longer. You're disappointed. Like you're ready for it. You're ready for it. But then you don't get it. And you got to wait a little bit longer. I love long-term booking. I love that they're telling a story. I love that things are really, you know, kind of going at the pace that Bray Wyatt wants to have this go. He doesn't want to rush it. He doesn't want to fall into that immediate gratification fucking hole. But it's been three months. October, November, we're going on, we're going into January now in a couple weeks. Bray hasn't wrestled. He hasn't said anything outside of the norm. Everything seems like he's, you know, Running around in circles, nothing has been drastically different about Bray Wyatt and what he's delivered via promo. So when someone says that they're they're disappointed they didn't get an Uncle Howdy reveal, I don't blame you. But on the flip side, 
On the flip side, we didn't get an Uncle Howdy reveal, you know, in a sense of who's under the mask. But as far as an Uncle Howdy reveal, we got Uncle Howdy. He's another person. He's not Bray Wyatt. So who is he? At least we got that answered. Is that going to be enough to keep people interested? I think so. But again, I must stress, don't let anybody tell you that you can't be disappointed. It's going to come. It's going to come when they want to give it to you. Not when you want it. I think we're all ready. It's a good thing. Just look at it as a good thing. We're all ready to see what the next phase is for Bray Wyatt because we're all invested. You can't linger too long because then you're going to lose those people that have invested all these months into the storyline and you don't want to lose them. Don't make the same mistakes that you did last time. Don't. Gunther. He went one-on-one with Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. Man, did they want to give you guys some last-minute fucking consideration for match of the year. Holy shit. Now, yes, it probably won't be match of the year because it's a television match, and there was three fucking commercial breaks in between, so you really can't get a sense for how well this match really came across. But they went nearly 22 minutes, and this was every bit of awesome that I expected it to be. And I always go back and say, this was a TakeOver-like classic. Why do I always go back and mention TakeOver, and when I see a match like this, say it was a TakeOver-like classic? A, because Ricochet and Gunther were two huge parts of black and gold. Number one. Number two, Triple H is running the main roster, and with guys like this who he knows are going to go out there and excel, he ran black and gold, and he's going to give these guys the platform and the ring and the time to go out there and do what they did for him then, now. And I love that. Three, the Intercontinental title needs this type of match. I don't know when you were born or when you used to watch pro wrestling back in the day. I watched it back since I was four years old, okay? I'm 40. I've been watching this shit for 36 fucking years. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. I've seen the Intercontinental Championship on everybody that has held it since then. It looks great now. Great. Does it mean more than it did then? No. It does not. Does it mean more now than when Vince McMahon was there? Yes, and that's all we can ask for. Triple H is giving you this Gunther reign. Triple H is giving you these Intercontinental Championship matches. And Triple H is giving you this type of shit, this in-ring action, because the Intercontinental title deserves it. This is a title that Triple H held multiple times in his career. And he's going to be fucking, he's going to bend over backwards to give you exactly what we've asked for. Where Vince killed it, Triple H is now resurrecting it. It is the workhorse title. It's the workman's championship. That's exactly what Gunther is embodying. So if anybody has a fucking problem with this, oh, it's too much wrestling. Oh, it's too much this. Oh, it's fucking indie darlings and this and that. Suck my dick. I don't want to hear anything about your indie fucking darlings and your hate for indie darlings. Give me a fucking break. Gunther is on a tremendous run with the Intercontinental title and fucking shit, man. Show the guy some fucking respect. 
You can sit there and tell me ricochet, flippity flip, flopper, dolphin, this and that, fucking acrobatics, gymnast, fucking lazy, fucking indie, fucking midget. I don't give a shit what you say about ricochet. Ricochet is one of the best pro wrestlers on the fucking face of this planet. I've been saying that for years. Nobody does what Ricochet... There are people that do what Ricochet does, but there really isn't anybody in this industry that does what Ricochet does. Not one single fucking person but Will Ospreay. Nobody. Will Ospreay is the only one I would put in that discussion. Will Ospreay may be actually... Will Ospreay is probably better than Ricochet, in my honest opinion, but they are cut from the same cloth. Nobody's going to sit there and tell me that Ricochet isn't fucking amazing what he does. This match is exactly what we need. We should be getting this type of shit on Monday Night Raw. We don't have this type of shit on Monday Night Raw. I don't know why. I don't know why. When Gunther takes this belt into the new year, I don't even know if I would have him lose it, to be honest with you. Gunther is... You, you, want, you want a hot take? You want a hot take? Here you go. Gunther, Gunther may be the face of SmackDown. Roman is the face of SmackDown. We get it. He's Roman Reigns. He's the tribal chief. He's the biggest superstar in the industry right now. Actively going. I get it. But if you want to talk about face of the fucking brand, Gunther may be the face of the brand. Gunther may be the best champion that WWE currently has right now holding a major championship. Seriously. And I don't think anybody's going to fucking bat an eyelash when I tell you that because look at the fucking body of work that this guy has given you since he's won that championship. And this is the same guy that Vince McMahon wanted to supposedly send back down to NXT because he grew bored and tired of him. For what reason? Nobody knows. But I don't think anybody can sit there and argue with me that Gunther is not the best champion that WWE has right now. Easily. Easily is. This match was tremendous. Tremendous stuff. Ricochet, he went right after Gunther's legs, going right after the big man's legs. Gunther recovered, went after Ricochet's legs because Ricochet, that's where his power is. That's where his strength is, flying. Gunther slowed the pace down, working over the arm. Ricochet flipped out, avoided chops early on, but he didn't avoid them completely. Gunther shoved Ricochet to ringside. Ricochet, he skinned the cat. Gunther caught Ricochet with a German suplex. He landed on his feet. He avoided a big boot. He did some Matrix-style bending there, did Ricochet. Caught Gunther with an enziguri. Ricochet attacked Gunther's leg. Gunther fought back. Gunther got the better of Ricochet at ringside. Dropped him on the apron. Chopped the living fucking shit out of him before this commercial break. Gunther took it to Ricochet with some more hard chops. Gunther continued dominating with more chops to the chest. Ricochet's chest was visibly red. We got a big slam Gunther locked on a Boston Crab following the big slam. Ricochet broke free, took it to Gunther with some chops of his own. Gunther just stood there and absorbed Ricochet's offense 
and came back with a spinning backbreaker on Ricochet, almost breaking him in half. Gunther went right back to the Boston Crab, transitioned into a crossface. Gunther then rocked Ricochet with another chop, locked on a sleeper. Ricochet escaped. He tried to pick up Gunther on his shoulders, could not do it. Gunther slipped out, hit Ricochet with a shot to the kidneys. Gunther was just destroying Ricochet with more chops. He got fired up, hit a big running drop kick in the corner. He tried to suplex Gunther, could not do it. I was like, is this guy going to fucking do it? He could not do it. Not this late in the match. He tried to suplex Gunther, but couldn't get him up. Instead, Gunther countered with a face-first slam and then a running missile drop kick. He went for a powerbomb. Ricochet sent him to ringside with a hurricanrana over the top rope. Ricochet took over with a running drop kick off the apron. Picture-perfect moonsault onto the outside. We go to another commercial break. Ricochet, back from break, hit another dive to ringside. Gunther gave Ricochet a German suplex off the top rope, but Ricochet flipped over, landed on his feet. Gunther turned around, shocked that Ricochet is on his feet. Gunther recovered, hit a hard clothesline. Ricochet's down, near fall. Fans were going crazy at this point. Huge Ricochet chance at this point. Gunther went up top. Big top rope uh, body splash, frog splash by Gunther. Ricochet got his feet up. Ricochet hit a brain buster. Shooting star press for a close two count. Fans are now chanting, this is awesome. Gunther kinked out. Ricochet took off the tape from his hands. He started to fire up on Gunther. He rocked him with a super kick. Gunther, one vicious chop, knocked him down. Gunther hit a power bomb, went for the cover, folded him over. Ricochet kicks out. Ricochet smacked Gunther in the face. This angered Gunther. He hit the last symphony for the one, two, three. After the match was over, Gunther and Imperium went to attack Ricochet, but Braun Strowman ran them off. Imperium was actually sent to the back by Adam Pearce before the match started, so this match was one-on-one, and Gunther won on his own. Beautiful. So it looks like they're setting Strowman and Gunther up for the Royal Rumble. I have absolutely no problem with that because I'm pretty confident that Strowman is not going to win the Intercontinental Championship and be the one to beat Gunther. That would be awful. We're not doing all this for Braun Strowman, okay? This match was tremendous. For anybody that is doubting Ricochet's work, for anybody that's doubting Ricochet and what he does in the ring, Ricochet, he sells, his selling is so good that he makes everybody he's in the ring, it doesn't matter who it is. The fact that it's Gunther here, it just looks that much more impressive because Gunther is so dominating, Ricochet just takes it to the next level. Ricochet is in the ring, and no matter who he's in the ring, it could be Baron Corbin, it could be fucking Sheamus, it could be Escobar, right? His selling is so on point that no matter who he's in the ring with, no matter who he's in the ring with, is going to look like a fucking megastar. His offense is going to look that much better because Ricochet puts that extra oomph, that he goes that extra mile to put over whoever he's in the ring with. And he did that times 10 and has done that before with Gunther. He got his ass beaten down. He's starting making comebacks. He gets thrown back down again. Gunther uses his strength. Ricochet was beaten down the majority of this match with some sprinkles of offense in between. 
And when we got to the climax of this match, when we got near the conclusion of this match, Ricochet showed you how good of a babyface that he is, kicking out, kicking out, kicking out of all the big moves. Gunther didn't use his finishing move. Gunther used a bunch of signature moves that are finish off lesser men, but he never went to his finishing move at all. He used the power bomb, which is not his finishing move anymore, and Ricochet kicked out, kicked out, kicked out, kicked out. Just look at how the match progressed towards the very end, and then look at how it all was strung along to get you to that point in the end that got the crowd that much more invested. They were on their feet for every one of those last three pinfalls. That's the amazing work that Ricochet and Gunther did tonight. They had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hand. And in a, in a day and age where Triple H is bringing back this one and that one and this one and that one, and then there are reports that Triple H apparently is not too pleased with the majority of the returns, he feels underwhelmed, which we'll talk about on Sunday. He feels underwhelmed with some of the returns. He can't feel underwhelmed with Ricochet. There's no way he could feel underwhelmed with fucking Gunther. These are the types of guys that he is going to lean on. There's nothing about these guys that is feeling underwhelming. And if you feel underwhelmed by what you watched here, maybe you need to go watch Impact. Because clearly this isn't the fucking show, and Gunther and Ricochet aren't the type of pro wrestler that you want to watch. Jimmy Uso, he approached Roman Reigns backstage. Paul Heyman and Solo Sakara were there with him. And apparently, Jimmy Uso was there to kind of talk up Sami Zayn. Jimmy says, if he's going to make Sami Zayn, Sami Uso tonight, he's with him. I agree. He said, Sami is his dog, and he likes him a lot. But I love our family. He says, if he doesn't want to make him official because of his past with Kevin Owens, Jimmy says he understands. He says he'd see him out there. Reigns looked away and seemed kind of concerned. And he was contemplating what Jimmy Uso said. All he needed to do was mention Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, his attitude completely shifted. Jimmy left. Reigns asked for Heyman. He says, wise man. Yes, my tribal chief. Pierce. So Paul Heyman picks up his phone and calls Pierce or asks Siri on his iPhone to call Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce, commercial break. After the commercial break, joins the Bloodline, and their locker room. Reigns, Heyman, and Solo were there still. He sat down and looked nervous. Heyman said Reigns has decided to bless his entire life by offering a match featuring Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens and any partner of KO's choice. Pierce asked if he meant tonight. Reigns then laughed at how absurd that would be. Heyman said, listen, December 30th, Tampa, Florida would work. Reigns says, well, that's a hell of a lot better than Chicago. And at this time of year, I'd probably say, yes, I agree. Nobody wants to be in fucking Chicago in the month of December. Heyman congratulated Pierce for scoring the biggest tag team match of 2022 live on Fox. Solo stepped up to Pierce and stared at him, and Pierce stood up and said, I'm going to let Kevin Owens know. Simple. So, we got this tag team match. I'm excited about the thought of it. I immediately said, well, it's kind of funny that John Cena is on the same show December 30th. I wonder if John Cena is going to be the tag team partner for Kevin Owens. They already announced John Cena be, you know, being on the show, so 
this was kind of like, hmm, they announced him last week, so I wonder if he's going to be the tag team partner. Much better than a Sheamus or a Drew McIntyre, uh, you know, guys like that that we've seen in that role before. John Cena takes it to the next level. Excellent choice. Going to be a banger. Can't wait for it. Legato del Fantasma. Viking Raiders and Hit Row. This was not good. I don't know what they're doing with these three teams, but this was not good. Now, I said this last week, man. I don't want to spend too much time on this because this, this was a fucking train wreck. It really was. This is exactly what the report was talking about. Where Triple H feels underwhelmed with some of the talent that he's brought back. I can't imagine Triple H is feeling underwhelmed about Legato. Santos is fucking great. Legato is great. All you need to do is put Legato in a feud with Rey Mysterio and, and they're good. They're golden. They're golden. That'll set them up for whatever comes next. Okay? So, we got that. Now, as far as the Viking Raiders, I said this last week. The gimmick is too much. The gimmick is over the top. And I am a big fan of Ivar and Eric. I really am. I think they're tremendous. I I thought that what they did in NXT is the War Raiders was fucking great. They are probably a part of one of the best tag team matches in WWE history with Aleister Black, Malachi Black, and Ricochet when they won that year's Dusty Classic. Take over New York. Go out and watch it if you guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Open the show. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. The Viking Raiders gimmick right now with Sarah Logan as Valhalla, it's too much. It's not generating interest. I get that they are ingrained in the Viking lifestyle and the Viking lore, and that's who they are. But how marketable is that to the audience? How many fans are going to invest in that and really emotionally invest in the Viking Raiders? They're not. It's too much. It is overwhelming. When you look at her coming out like that and you see them with the black eyeliner and all this other shit, I, 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 don't, I don't feel myself investing in them. I just feel like they are just a part of the show and that they're another gimmick tag team that is now trending in the same way as the Ascension. They're basically a modern-day Ascension without a manager. That's what they are. Why did we need to do that to them? You know, this aspect of them didn't need to be brought to television. Triple H is in charge now. Triple H knows exactly what these guys are capable of. The fuck do they need all this, all this gimmick, gimmick nonsense for? All you got to do is go back to what they did in NXT. They were genuine. They were relatable in NXT. They are not relatable to the audience here, so nobody gives a shit about this, and that's why you get the indifference that you're getting with the Viking Raiders. I didn't even like when they turned heel. They were, they were owning up to it. That New Day match, that Vikings rules match that they did with the New Day was tremendous. But this is not 
the same version of that Viking Raiders. This is a heel version that's like amped up with now Sarah Logan and the fucking witchcraft and the eye makeup. It's too much. It's too much. Hit Row. I don't know what to tell you, man. We ain't looking at Hit Row anymore, man. We're looking at Shit I'm sorry. You got to bring it back, man. You got you, I got to bring it back. I'm I'm sorry. What are we doing? What are we doing? What exactly are we doing? Get him out. Get them out, honestly. I have no words. Does anybody find them relatable? Does anybody find them relatable? No. No. Nobody finds them relatable. They ended up winning this match. They ended up winning this match. The winning team earns a title shot against the Usos next week on SmackDown. So, Top Dalla is in there. I'll take it up from this because this was the, 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 the most talked about portion of this match. Top Dalla ran wild on the Viking Raiders. They cut him off. Viking Raiders had a German suplex clothesline combo, but Wild broke up the pin attempt. Del Toro then hit a Phoenix splash for a near fall. Match started to break down again. Everybody was hitting big moves. The next spot was a complete fucking disaster. And before anybody zings me on being negative, I genuinely hope that top dollar is okay. Seriously. I hope that he's okay. But hopefully next time he realizes, you know, not to do a move like this because it's not really in the realm of a big man to do this type of move. And, and yes, Top Dollar has slimmed down. Michael Cole mentions that he's lost over 100 pounds. He looks a lot better than he used to, right? But that doesn't mean he could start flipping out there like uh, modern-day fucking uh, Ricochet, okay? I don't want him channeling his fucking uh, Juventud Guerrera out there. No need. Let's stay away from moves like this because this is the only thing people are going to talk about that comes out of this match. Top Dollar cleared the ring and set up for a dive. He's been teasing for the last couple of weeks and it completely went down the tubes. He went for a dive, barely got over the top rope. He said on Twitter one of his knees gave out or one of his legs gave out right before he flew over the top rope. Luckily, he didn't hurt himself. Could have fucking killed himself out there. Everybody had to sell it anyway. It looked fucking ridiculous. He botched really badly. He was limping later on in the match. So hopefully he's okay. But, I mean, it just goes to show you that Hit Row is Shit Row. Told you, man. Vega then took out Adonis with a Haran Karana. Vega, B-Fab, Valhalla fought around ringside. This was a fucking mess. Vega wiped out B-Fab and Valhalla with a moonsault. In the ring, Hit Row hit the heavy hitter for the win, their finishing move, and Hit Row challenges the Usos for the tag team championships. I will say this. 
If we're getting the Usos versus Hit Row next week, and they drop the ball, I think this Hit Row run on the main roster is finished. If they do not impress next week, if they don't bring the A game next week, and I'm not looking for a B, B plus, I'm not looking for a mediocre, they need to bring... They need to channel whatever the fuck they got in them to bring out the best match that they have in them possible next week. If they do not against one of the best tag teams of all time next week in the Usos, then the hit row experiment on the main roster should be ended immediately. Send them back down to NXT, completely revamp the group, give them somebody that is going to get them to where they need to be. I don't know. Triple H, I have a feeling, listen, Legato would have made a better match with the Usos, uh, and we know that. The Viking Raiders would have made a better match with the Usos, and we know that. He gave it to Hit Row. Why? I'm speculating, and this is just me speaking. He could have gave it to easily the two better teams. He gave it to Hit Row because he's going to use it as a fucking lesson. He's going to give them a chance. This is it. I brought you guys back for a reason. Don't let me down. If you do, we're done. Something will need to be done after that. That's all I'm saying. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. She's there. Kind of smiling on the trainer's table, but kind of not. She's discussing her injury and the gauntlet match next week. She promised to win the match next week and win the SmackDown Women's Championship from Ronda Rousey. I'm assuming Raquel will win this gauntlet match next week and then set up the match for the Royal Rumble. Rousey and Baszler jumped Rodriguez attacking her injured arm. It's amazing that WWE apparently did not want to pay Sasha Banks, but they got no problem paying fucking Ronda Ronda, Ronda, <laughs> They don't want to pay Sasha Banks, but they'll pay Ronda Rousey. Great. Great. Can't wait to rant about that on Sunday's podcast. The Bloodline. We got the Bloodline segment ending the show tonight. Roman Reigns, he comes out there. Fans are chanting, Usi, Usi. Roman Reigns grabbed the microphone. Reigns says, acknowledge him, blah, 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 blah. They dominated at war games. Reigns hugged Sammy. Sammy was so happy. Sammy was like fucking jumping in air, fist, fist pumping the air, man. He's so happy. Roman Reigns gave him a hug. So every night is a good night for the Tribal Chief, but tonight is going to be a good night for Sammy. Sammy looked panicked. It's a face of fucking oh shit on Sammy. Was not, he was not Usi. Sammy was not Usi here. He says they have a problem, though. He says it's going to be a KO problem. He says he won't stop talking about him and dragging him down. So he said if KO is a problem for Sammy, he's a problem for the bloodline. He told Sammy that 
taking a team up against KO and a partner of his choice. He says that they will smash him and get rid of him and never see KO again. Roman got animated. Sammy told Reigns he's right that KO drags him down and is a cancer. He says he's his only friend. Sammy then said, he said he misspoke and he meant to say that he was his only friend, not is his only friend, as in a past tense. He says it would be an honor to stand alongside Roman Reigns. Suddenly, John Cena, out of nowhere, shows up on the Titans run. He said it's the holiday season and everyone likes a good holiday surprise. He says he was surprised that he got a text message out of the blue from Kevin Owens. He said KO told him he has a WWE match every year for the past 20 years, but not this year. And the streak is about to be broken. Cena read out emojis. KO added like a Santa emoji, an eggplant emoji, a peach emoji. I don't know where we were going with this, but it's John Cena. And then the invite came by KO to team with him on December 30th against Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Cena says they are running out of chances, so he's in on that match, a main event match that can't be missed. He says they will bring the fight to the bloodline on the final SmackDown of 2022. Reigns was smiling, Sammy not so much, and SmackDown went off the air with John Cena back on December 30th against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. So... You know, he got that text message from Kevin Owens, man. How long did it take him? I guess he was ready and uh, ready to go with that fucking new John Cena merchandise, huh? Standing there, ready to go, man. He got that text message from KO. Like, he was, like he knew the fucking text was coming. Standing there with his T-shirt on. So, um, it's a big match. Uh, it, it's, it's a big match. Uh, I, I'm going to be very, very curious I don't really pay attention to the ratings anymore. I find I, I, nobody gives a fuck about the ratings. I mean, if it's like fucking detrimental and oh my God, the world is burning type of thing, I'll mention it. But SmackDown's been, SmackDown was a 2-4 last week. Monday Night Raw was, I think, in the one twos in the third hour last week. Awful. It's just a three-hour show. You know, nobody wants to watch three hours of pro wrestling anymore. Plus, you got Monday Night Football. The season's winding now for the NFL. Just a lot going on on Monday night that's really working against Raw. I'm going to be very curious to see what the rating is for John Cena coming back to WWE. Kurt Angle did a 2-4. Reigns and Cena in the same ring with this emotional storyline of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn now with the bloodline? We may be looking at a 2-5, 2-6, for SmackDown. Yet there are stories out there that Vince wants to come back. Vince wants to be back in the WWE. Why do we need Vince back? Doesn't seem like SmackDown has skipped a fucking beat. They're better than they have been when Vince was there. The fuck do we need Vince back for? This storyline would have already been over if Vince was in charge. We wouldn't be getting Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania against the Usos, potentially. We wouldn't be seeing Sami Zayn and the Usos, you know, feuding up until this fucking point or, uh, you know, being Usi up until the... Usi wouldn't even be a thing if Vince McMahon was fucking there. You kidding me? Sami Zayn would have been booted out of the bloodline already if Vince McMahon was there. He doesn't show any type of fucking patience at all. So I love when Vince McMahon, the stories of Vince McMahon wanted to come, but none of this would be happening. So for all those people that want Vince back, 
You're certainly enjoying SmackDown the way it is right now, more so than you did Vince. So why the fuck do you want Vince back to unravel and undo everything that Triple H did? It doesn't make sense. SmackDown was tremendous tonight. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. I'm very much looking forward to that big SmackDown, man. That's going to be a big show. That December 30th is going to be a big show. It's the last live SmackDown of the year. It's going to be big, man. Cena being back, love it. Cannot turn away from a good John Cena appearance, man. You got to appreciate them while we can get them because he's not going to be around forever. He's not. He still looks great. He still wants to do this. So whenever he's there, I know you may not like John Cena, but you cannot fucking bullshit me and tell me that when he is not there, the show doesn't feel that much more important. There's just a sense of importance when he's on the show. So appreciate him while he's back because how many many years he's going to be doing this? Nobody knows. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you on this Monday. No, not Monday. Friday. I don't even know what fucking day it is, man. Friday, SmackDown and the post show. I'm thinking Monday because of Raw, man. Monday is just so fucking terrible. How different is Monday compared to Friday, honestly? It's just night and day. There's just no comparison at all between the two shows at all. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining me on tonight's post show for Friday Night SmackDown. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I would really appreciate a thumbs up. We got 800 likes in the chat. Can we get another 200 in the chat? If you enjoyed the post show tonight, if you enjoyed what I had to bring to the table tonight, another 200 likes is what we need to meet our goal tonight for 1,000 minimum. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure... You guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Hit that membership button. Join the channel. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Guys, it's time to really heat things up in the bedroom, man. I know it's getting colder outside, but that doesn't mean it's got to be cold in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes into play, man. Confidence. It's going to give you that confidence you need, and that confidence can take you very far in life, just not in the bedroom, just in life in general. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. They come in chewable tablets, and they come at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready. Whenever that opportunity arises, the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No waiting in line at the doctor's office. No pharmacy. No awkward conversations. And the tablets are made in the USA. They are prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. I always talk about first impressions, guys. Always, always talk about first impressions. First impressions are the most important thing, not only when it comes to meeting a potential partner, just anything, job interview, dating profile, right? No matter what you do, but a good first impression is going to lead to a lasting impression. 
So why not have both when it comes to somebody that you're going to be involved with, right? First impression, lasting impression, it goes hand in hand with Bluetooth. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, make sure it is time you guys get some Blue Chew and get that confidence that you need. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout, $5, shipping and handling. Once again, that's BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Receive your first month free on me. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. We're going to start with Not Today Jay. He's got three, four, 99 Super Chats. Papa H has got to be holding on to those women's tag team belts for some reason because there's no way they should still be on TV. I agree with you, Jay, but tonight was a decent match between the four ladies. And y'all thought John wasn't going to wrestle in 2022. I'm kidding. It may not be him, but I can't see why not if he's going to be there on the 30th. Well, you must have sent that super chat to me before uh, John Cena actually showed up at the end of the show. Which you say now, well, guess I was right earlier when I said I was going to, it was going to be Cena. I believe everyone knew it was going to be him. Yes. As soon as they mentioned that match in the back with the bloodline and Adam Pierce, I, I thought, well, John Cena's going to be on the 30th. Why not have it be John Cena? I think everybody thought the same thing. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. I was really hoping for a Sammy Uso celebration. Uh, Michelle, I don't think there's going to be any more celebrating for Sammy Zayn. I think he's going to be under the microscope from this point on. Lunar Guardian with a four-month membership. Lunar Guardian says, ace of the IWC. Thank you, Lunar. What are you drinking to celebrate four months? Jaxo23 with a four-month. Thank you, Jaxo. Uncle Howdy in person at SmackDown was awesome. It was all right. Now we wait for the reveal. Jack Perez with a new membership. Thank you, Jack Perez. What are you drinking, brother, to celebrate your new VIP status on the podcast? Golden Boy with a $10 Super Chat. JD, is it possible since Sammy said it? KO turns on everyone. KO turns on Sammy. Helps Roman decimate Sammy. In which puts Sammy into a title match with Roman. Then a face run against KO as a heel. No. I think you're really overthinking it, Golden Boy. I think we stick to the plan. Sammy and KO against the Usos. Sammy gets booted out of the bloodline. Miggy Saito. 125 in Super Chat. Don't know what currency that is, but thank you, Miggy. This show is an example of why we don't need Vince back. Absolutely not. Joseph Taylor, $3 Super Chat. JD, favorite Chris Jericho match. Honestly, his feud with Shawn Michaels is my favorite Chris Jericho feud of all time. So anything he did with Shawn Michaels, really. Pause. With a two-month membership. 
I feel like the crowd has a huge impact on Roman's matches. When he loses, the crowd will have a huge impact. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Joseph Taylor would fight I'll see but chat. Ryan Satin would like to have Vince back. Vince is Ryan's daddy. Please don't tell me he actually said that online. Please do not tell me Ryan Satin says he would love Vince McMahon back. Jurgen with the $100 super chat. Once again, thank you, brother. Thank you once again for your generosity, man. I greatly, greatly appreciate you. Jarrett Hopfinger with a $5 super chat. Hope Vince McMahon does not take over. Vince will make this show go down. Bray Wyatt is going to get good, but Vince will bury him. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jarrett. John Prescott with a $5 super chat. Love your podcast, JD, for an early Christmas gift. Can I get a... Thank you, John Prescott. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. What's up, JD? What's up, man? SmackDown was fun tonight. John Cena teaming with KO against Sammy and Roman on the 1230. SmackDown is a big deal in my opinion. I could care less what Bruce Blitz has to say. Why are we talking about Bruce Blitz, bro? Is he still alive? Also, do you prefer Chicago deep dish pizza or New York style pizza? Bro, I... I will never eat a Chicago deep dish pizza again, bro. Not my cup of tea. New York style slice all the way. Not today, Jay, with a $4.99 Super Jet. Ricochet may have gotten seriously hurt at the SmackDown taping. Where did he get hurt? Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. I'm not sure about Sean Spears' AEW contract status. But after a tweet he put out saying, where to wrestle in 2023, would you be surprised if he has a contract coming up and appears in the Royal Rumble next month? Bro, I think Sean Spears is great, bro. But do I want to see him back in the WWE? No. That is a signing that would do absolutely nothing for Triple H and the WWE. Furious with a $10 super chat. I really like Michael Cole open SmackDown tonight with It's Friday, and you know what that means. Yes. Yes, he did. Man, do I miss Luke Harper. Also, my grandpa is out of the hospital and is doing okay. Well, that's that's awesome, bro. Uh, yeah, man, today was uh, uh, Brody's uh, birthday. Awesome. Bradley Xavier with a Australia $2 Super Chat. The Game Changer era is what I call this WWE era. I don't know if it's the Game Changer era yet, Bradley. Let's wait till uh, WrestleMania season. Furious Nation with a $10 Super Chat. With 2023 coming up, which women wrestlers do you see returning to WWE or coming over to WWE within the new year? Could you see Kyrie Sane and Deanna Perrazzo being some of those names? I see Deanna Perrazzo coming over and apparently Kyrie may be in the Royal Rumble. The last I read. Ali with a 499. Hey, JD, my question is, 
Would you ever listen to Bray Wyatt's new theme since it got released? And can you do a Bray Wyatt impression of JoJo's fat ass, man? Thank you, Ollie. Would I ever listen to Bray Wyatt new th- Bray Wyatt's new theme? Sure. It's not something I'm going to have on repeat or loop, but I'll listen to it once. Naj with a 199. Ricochet just got hurt at the tapings. I guess uh, I guess I have to look this up now. Ricochet got hurt at the SmackDown tapings, huh? Doing what? Doing what? That's a shame. Ricochet usually never gets hurt. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. After watching SmackDown tonight, we don't need Vince whatsoever. Nobody in WWE wants him there, and the only two that want him there are Bruce and Dunn, especially with the fact that Bruce and Dunn know their days are numbered. I hope Bruce's days are numbered soon. Soon. There's nobody in their right mind that wants Vince McMahon back. You could pull that entire locker room and those are the only two guys that would probably want Vince back. Jack Perez with a $3 super chat. Hi, JD. It feels great being in the OTS family. Thank you, Jack. We're happy to have you, brother. Happy you're a VIP, man. Lauren Marie Hutton. $2 super chat. Hey, everyone. Back. Excited for Team Owens and Cena. Me too. And Filthy Slimes with a $4.99 super chat. Best mid-carder to never win a world championship. I'd have to go with Shelton Benjamin, one of the best parts of the Ruthless Aggression era for me. Mr. Perfect, Filthy. Mr. Perfect, absolutely no question. The fact that Mr. Perfect wasn't a world champion is, uh, is a disgrace, to be quite honest with you. Don't know how that's even possible. Anyway, guys, I am about to get out of here, man. I apologize for uh, a minor hiccup here and a minor hiccup there. I just got my PC back. This is legitimately my first stream with the new PC or the old PC, which is it feels new again. It kind of is new because I had to get a new hard drive and everything was wiped and I had to set everything up from the ground up again because I didn't expect it to burn out. Faulty hard drive. Fuck me for not backing shit up on a, on a fucking uh, external hard drive. Now I know. Now I know. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Awesome show. Hopefully you guys uh, learned a thing or two. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Always appreciate you when you show up to the OTS venue. Next time you see me, we'll be on Fight TV tomorrow night, man. I'll be on Fight TV with the Solid Monster. House of Glory at Club Laboom in Queens. Our Revelation show. The last show of the entire year, man. Should be awesome. Can't wait. Also, I will be live on Sunday night for the podcast, man. Sunday night, off the script. We will be live on Sunday night. We got a lot to talk about. My Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks, Vince McMahon. 
Gonna be a lot. If I have some time, I may do an extra before the House of Glory show. Just to get some quick thoughts out on Sasha Banks. I gotta see what's going on. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content. Tons of YouTube shorts. We got two big extras, man. Vince McMahon, Mandy Rose. Go check that stuff out. All the all the live streams that you might have missed. Monday night, Raw. Wednesday's Dynamite. And like I said, I'll be live again on Sunday with episode 457 of the podcast. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you on Fight TV tomorrow for those that are ordering. For those that I see at Club Laboom tomorrow, I'll see you guys over there Sunday night. I'll see you guys live on Off the Script. Until then, I need those ace emojis, those Mustang emojis, and those rock on emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. I will see you guys on Sunday night right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.